0: Now for the Black Firehouse podcast, the only Ghostbusters podcast that discusses props, costumes, sets, and special effects with your hosts, Austin Young and Dan Harshman. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Let's get ready. Switch me on. Good morning Black Firehouse podcast listeners. This is Dan Harshman as always with his beloved partner in crime
1: Austin Young.
0: Wow, there was no delay in there. Got to you got to go into no. it with some energy.
1: I had to I had to take a deep breath before I
0: did that. <laughs> you know that talking is is a laborious activity.
1: Like Chandler being, I have the lung capacity of a
0: 2-year-old. Oh my gosh. Uh yeah, you know what? I'm I'm feeling you, you know. I've been working from home now for about a month, uh maybe a month and a half, and I've just noticed that everything gets harder to do the less you're moving around. So I I I'm starting tomorrow going to the gym in the evenings cuz I I don't trust myself to get up in the mornings, but like no. Me and my wife, we went to a, a farm today, and just walking around, I'm like, "Awesome!" I'm out of breath. This is fantastic. I don't know how the fuck I expect to pick up a proton pack when Isn't I'm just trying great. to, like, I mean,
1: walk. <laughs> do we 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 got to get that cardio in.
0: Yeah, yeah, 21 flights of stairs, man. It's uh, it's super important. But uh, up
1: and down both ways in the snow, barefoot. That's,
0: that's how we got with, to ghost busting when we were kids.
1: Two proton packs, one on the back, one on the front, and then one in each hand.
0: That's a that's a Ron Daniels special. I don't think I have like the the physical space on my body to wear a proton pack like Ron Daniels did.
1: I tried it once; it was not easy. Um, well, you made but it, but that's look my so favorite. Easy. That that's my favorite photo of Ron of all time.
0: I would love to get a collection of all my friends and my favorite silly like Ghostbusters photos of them and do like a big, you know, nicely framed thing that I can hang in my house, instead of everything being online. I mean, we're in the online world. But I I think about this, even with regards to props, um, you know, Stuart Thompson has done an incredible job with the Ghostbusters reference library. So incredible, I would say, that I actually look at the reference library on Facebook more than my personal reference that's on my computer or my phone, even though there's a lot of the same information there, overlap, things like that. It's so easy to get to it, but there's still Mm -hmm. a big part of me that wants everything that he's put up printed, bound and volumed.
1: Dude, I still have somewhere a, it's like a, one of those three or four inch like white binders. Mm -hmm. That every reference photo I had collected for years, I would printed them all out, all the plans, pictures, fan builds, like anything that I thought was useful for reference, I printed it out and I put it in this binder and I used to carry it around with me and I, I
0: believe that I brought, brought it to DragonCon one year and uh, well, we, it's it's like we used to do that it's, it's, mm-hmm. at DragonCon because smartphones were not uh, a thing when when pke search started so i mean if we wanted to share reference we were bringing our computers or your you know like you did your binder
1: Mm-hmm. I, it was great because i would you know i'd haul that thing around the shop and flip through everything and i had it all you know organized by prop and you know film and everything like that i had a bunch of old uh, eight by ten, you know, black and white photos from the GB1, GB2 press kits, mm-hmm. like all sorts of stuff, and it, I love it, and I love that tangible thing about it that I have to flip through a physical page, yeah, in a book to get to my reference, you know, and I do kind of miss that. In fact, I think I may, I might do an updated version, but I may have to break it down into individual binders per film at this point. Or
0: individual binders per. Per prop per prop per variation per, per variation. Per variation. Prop. Yeah. Like, you know, this is this is your two hundred page volume on just the Ramus Hero pack. I think uh oh. that pack and probably the superhero we have the most mm-hmm. actual reference photography of.
1: Yeah, and probably the Vankman as well.
0: Well I think the Vankman comes in about third. Uh yeah. we were really blessed with the the spangler, the the Ramus hero, just because when it went to auction we were able to get our, our little grubby hands on it, but the, the mm-hmm. two or three times that fans have been allowed into archives to document a proton pack, it seems they only really ever get significant access to the superhero. Yeah.
1: Which, Which is weird. I mean, it's a
0: little strange, but I, I'm not exactly complaining about it being that it's my favorite pack.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I would love to. I'd love to get my hands on that stance. I know that's never going to happen, or I would love for someone to get their hands on the stance pack. That would take some uh, more detailed pictures that aren't taken from ten feet away or behind glass
0: yeah the the glass case uh it's it's giving me planet hollywood vibes
1: yeah i mean but hey like it's look how far we've come since then is that a feature
0: or is that a glare
1: (laughs) (laughs) is that a speck of dust reflecting light and i think it's a scratch in the paint i don't know i can't
0: tell can't tell so ghostbusters prop news we uh We touched on this, you know, we made an announcement, a joint kind of little, hey, everybody just chill out kind of thing. And I wanted to touch on that again, Austin, because I I noticed that when you get one, you know, one of those kind (laughs) of snowball effects, suddenly like everybody is just like, has anybody dealt with this seller? Has anybody ever dealt with that seller? Oh, they're not responding immediately. Oh, I ordered something six months ago.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about too. Yeah,
0: I, I cannot stress how much patience is absolutely necessary in this hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I love uh, where 3D printing is going. I was not sold on it at first. I'll always be open and honest with that. Um, but seeing a lot of the stuff that Mark and and Quint and uh, Shapeforge props with Martin. Have have done. I I've been you know my opinions changed. I've gotten more information. Yeah. My opinions changed, and three D printing has made things so uh, quickly accessible to people, which is great. But they seem to be applying that that Amazon Prime I can have it <laughs> in a few hours logic to everything within the yeah. hobby, and like.
1: Especially for somebody like AJ, I think, who has like this really nice professional website and storefront, and they think, "Oh, I'm going to add it to my cart, and I'm going to get it in two days." And three days later, well, I ordered it three days ago, and it's not here. What's up?
0: Yeah, <laughs> refund, please. I mean, did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, AJ, I, I'm I'm talking about, I guess, uh, Heimdall's Armory, right now.
1: Yeah, that, and that's what I figured you were referring to. And
0: I'll be honest, I don't have, I have zero experience so far with ordering anything from heimdall's armory um but i'm really really excited about what he's offering um Mm -hmm. going through his page he's got a lot of aluminum parts on there he's got aluminum wands which i know are highly sought after um and then i'm i'm currently invested in that aluminum ghostbusters hero trap run that he's doing and Mm -hmm. you know he's been having I, i think he's in the netherlands and uh, he's been very open in which we're, we're simply, he's waiting on more materials. He's waiting on pipe stock uh, to cut handles and everything like that. And um, bless his heart, even, you know, made an announcement on his website saying, hey, you know, I'm also bipolar, so uh-huh. sometimes I'm just not in the mindset. And I'm like, you know, man, I'm thinking to myself, it, it, you know, I get that. I get that I, because, you know... Um, I think most of our listeners probably suffer from some kind of mental illness. Obviously, we're trying to fill <laughs> some void. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. But I for sure.
0: I would rather have somebody being completely dedicated to that craft for the amount of money that I'm, I'm putting into it. But looking at Heimdall Armory's offerings, the fact that I ordered this maybe a month or two ago and that there's a there is a realistic expectation of having this done by July is nothing short of beyond miraculous. Yeah. I mean, I I waited almost a year and a half for the first proton pack shell I ever ordered. And
1: Which one was that? X-ray. The
0: X-ray one. And at the time, yeah. X-ray was a massively reputable seller. And it was just because there was so much interest. So I I can't even fathom the pressure that these, these makers, vendors, builders are under that are supplying these parts just from the insight that we get from somebody like AJ quick, who is incredibly analytical. He tracks everything. So he, Mm -hmm. he tracks and expects exactly how his business will ebb and flow. And everyone's always you know, been um, on the up and up about his Halloween rushes to the point where it used to be you didn't order from GB fans between like August and October because you knew it was, yep. there was going to be a delay.
1: Yeah, unless you were okay just waiting right till
0: whenever. But with the release of Afterlife, apparently that that demand that backlog has not ceased. So,
1: yeah, and and to kind of touch on that really quick, because I, you know, re- referring to some of the other uh, incidents that are going on in the community, I, I saw AJ made a really great post kind of breaking down, you know, um, things that can cause delays and stuff like that. And he, he kind of talked about that afterlife thing and uh, something to remember for all our listeners out there that are wanting to build a proton pack or, you know. You're getting, like, uh, here's a perfect example. We have a new movie coming out soon. It's going to be coming out probably 2023 at the earliest. No, 2025. Maybe. But, you know, we'll see. You're optimistic start as building, hell. Start <laughs> building your pack for that movie premiere weekend right now.
0: Like, don't start wait two years ago. Two months. <laughs> yeah, don't
1: wait two months before the movie premiere to go, oh, I'm going to build a pack for that. And then get no. upset. And then get upset when you can't get everything. Start building it right now. Yeah. And, it, right and now. if
0: you're trying to get in on premium parts, I'm, you know, full mm-hmm. aluminum parts, do not make an order six months beforehand and still think you're going to get it. Cause you're not.
1: Have a backup plan, have resin parts ready to go as placeholders. Yeah. Or PVC pipe, you know, or whatever. Like, have a backup plan. Don't, and build, don't put all your eggs in that basket.
0: Build in a fashion in which you can remove and replace parts. Yes. Um,
1: very, very important.
0: I mean, the only reason I had so much trouble removing my injector tubes off of my Bosch shell uh, was just because I was adhering to accuracy. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, you could see there were visible um, uh, rivets in, in, on that bracket that fixed the bracket to the shell itself. If you couldn't see that, if that was somehow hidden or not even there, then the injectors would have just been bolt-ons. And I would have just yeah. unscrewed it. Everything else on my pack is bolted on. <clears throat> but, like, be patient with these guys. Like they, yeah. This is this is upmost a hobby uh, for literally everybody involved. Um, but I totally get why Nick Benwell stopped making. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I don't, I don't even supply parts to anybody, and I'm just like, good god, chill. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, and I understand too. There, there's a there, there's a point. There's a limit to where you can only you know, wait so long before you feel it's ridiculous and that's different for everybody. There is. But at the same time, you know, most of these people doing this don't set out to rip anybody off initially. Most of them. No. Um, Meet
0: somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, if if your reasonable expectation of time is is six months and, you know, theirs is two years, meet at a year. And after a year point, if if you need feel the need to, at that point to start kicking up dirt, and it's a particular premium part, you know, mm-hmm. kick up dirt. But also as well, sellers, I- it's still important to do things like what Heimdall did, which is, hey guys, I'm just I like this is where I'm at. This is this is what my condition is. I'm waiting on stuff. I'm still hearing you. Um, yeah. I think the other thing is as a seller. <clears throat> you feel like you're disappointing people if you're giving them the same answer. Um, but sometimes the same answer is the correct answer.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, being upfront, honest, and transparent is always better than you know, ignoring people. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of people aren't gonna be happy with whatever answer you give, you know, whatever the truth is, but you know, you can't control that. No. But I would rather have a handful of people pissed off at me than, you know, ignoring everybody and then, you know, have a mob come after me after a year. You know,
0: my real danger is with AJ right now with his, uh, you know, his queue times is it's giving me time to add more shit to my order. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: you're going to you're going to open it up one day and it's going to be like an eight hundred dollar order. And you're going to wait a minute. No, 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 no,
0: well, no. I'm keeping track of it to avoid something like that. But I have now, I have now gone to AJ like two or three times and be like, ah, yeah, just throw this in there as well. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to need this. Throw this in there.
1: (laughs) Then you start weighing like, well, do I really need this right now? I'll, you you remove that from the cart and then you're like, no, I need it. So you add two more because you're (laughs) like, I might want to build a second one later.
0: Well, your, your ghost trap has inspired me. So I've, I've pulled the pedal on, I think everything that I need to go ahead and, and finish and build my my yellow bar stunt trap. Um, and I have, I, I I think we may have discussed this last time, but, um, you know, just ordering parts so that it'll basically, I'll be able to bolt and glue everything together. But one of the things mm-hmm. was uh, the side rods. And AJ offers yeah. two lengths, three inches, and then I think three and a quarter. And he's like, well, which, mm-hmm. which length do you want? And I'm looking at reference. I'm like, you know what? Just send me both. Just,
1: just one of each. Just not a pair, not, just one of each. No,
0: no, yeah, yeah. So I could have it really wonky. Well, you know, we love the yeah. wonk, right? Um mm-hmm. but uh yeah, I was just like, you know, they'll both get used. <laughs> yeah. They'll both get used.
1: It it never ever hurts to have extras on hand. In fact, you know, all these pedal parts I've been ordering for the afterlife pedal. Mm-hmm. I started like sneaking in gb1 pedal parts because i'm like well i'm building this stunt trap from gb1 I, I gotta have a gb1 pedal yeah and so i have you know and a lot of times it's it's a situation where i can buy two for this price or i can buy 10 for this price and i'm spending more money up front but i'm saving two dollars in the long run so like the black d sub connectors on the on the gb1 pedal like i ordered like ten of them. There you go. Just because they were so cheap, and I was like, I'll use them all at some point, or I'll send them to people that need them, or whatever, you know. Well,
0: that's what I kind of keep thinking, is eventually I'm going to get to a point where I've exhausted all the things that I do want to build. And at that and point... And then you'll want
1: to build them all over again. No!
0: I, I, I feel like there's a, there's an end game to my building Ghostbusters props, which is when I have the entire catalog of every Ghostbusters prop ever made. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's gonna be a while before anybody reaches that it, but, it, you know. it,
0: I mean it's gonna be a while, but at some point I feel like I might be able to liquidate some like clippered valves. You know, or or greeblies or something like that. You know, I'll have one too many resistors and and nothing in mind for what I want to use those greeblies for. Like I don't need fifteen um, Lin Rose trap light covers.
1: You say that, but I used to think that way about a lot of I things, know. and uh, I am currently in the process of like having to hunt down and rebuy
0: parts that I thought that
1: had plenty of well, <laughs> at one point.
0: Yeah, I don't know, we'll, we'll, f- we'll figure it out, but for now, I do have 15 Lin Rose. <laughs> <laughs> light covers so i'm in good shape uh
1: yeah and i i remember not maybe maybe not even two years ago you were hitting me up like do you have any Lindros oh, lights dude, I, like need I can't find it.
0: scratching my arm because they were nowhere and then and then yeah. suddenly Lindrose started making them again and now they're everywhere and i feel so bad for the people He's that a whole case them, of them bought them for like 20 bucks Uh, a unit, or even $30 a unit, because, I mean, even I was prepared to pay those prices, and uh, I didn't quite get there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have, I think, two or three of them left, but I only have the lens cover, I don't even have the actual, like, bulb socket socket, or anything. Yeah, which, I mean, I you know, that's not super important, I guess, but, I I mean, I've got some... Well, I mean... It's something I can always replace when I get one right. down the line. You know, externally the only important part is that, is that lens cover. Yeah. Um, eventually if I run across one, I can swap it out. It's not
0: that big a deal. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, some stuff within the community that we have liked. Let's let's go into our you've earned it segment. Let's do it. This reminds me
2: of the time you tried to drill a hole through your head. You remember that? That would have worked if you hadn't stopped no. me.
0: Egan, I'm going to take back some of the things I said about you. You've, you've earned it. Austin, you didn't have a, a you've earned it last week. And uh, last week I was gushing over your Ghostbusters stunt trap. Um, so why don't you kick us off today? What what has caught your eye in the community?
1: Um, It's a custom... I say custom. It is a... I guess a custom interpretation of an extreme Ghostbusters pack. Ooh. Okay. Um, I don't, I'm sure you probably remember, uh, Slimer seven on GB fans. Oh yes. You used, used to do a ton of like wood builds. Mm-hmm. Dude built everything out of wood. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Tate is his name. And, uh, he's recently kind of popped back up in the community and we've kind of, uh, started chatting again after a while of not being in touch with each other and Um, I noticed he had made a post on, I believe it was the GB fans Facebook group. And he had found a bunch of pictures of some of his old builds and he had this extreme Ghostbusters pack that he had done, which, you know, it's always fun to see someone's interpretation of a, a two dimensional animated, you know, proton
0: pack. Always.
1: Excuse me. But the interpretation that he did specifically is he wanted to give it more of a kind of realistic, movie flair so it's got a lot of features and elements uh from the original proton packs Mm -hmm. kind of incorporated in and it's just a cool build it's it's well done um and it was cool to see it he originally built it i guess probably 10 or 12 years ago Mm -hmm. uh but he like i said he just found some pictures and posted them again and it was just a cool like trip down memory lane because i remember he was always doing really cool inventive custom packs and traps and pkes and yeah, cool, uh, always well done always well constructed um well thought out uh fun electronic sequences and stuff usually all custom so it was cool to see that stuff again
0: that's awesome yeah i'm, I'm now i'm looking forward to it. i i've been really excited that uh you started posting photos of the our. you know you've earned it kind of builds um with links yeah i figured i I love that i I think that's great so that our listeners can also see what exactly we're drooling over so i'll be excited to see those those photos um hit our news feed so i can take a look at it because i love seeing some of the old builds you know uh i think one of my favorite ones was like dan amrick's build from the, I think it was he did Bay City Ghostbusters or something like that. It was like mm-hmm. one of the first franchises I was ever aware of. And I'm sure okay. if I saw it now and compared it, like, oh, this is so inaccurate. But it made such an impression on me when I was, yeah. you know, a little guy. I was like, that's, that's a fucking proton pack. That is awesome, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird that, you know, we're getting to that point where we become nostalgic for you know, old sto- old school and old style builds. You know, they may not be accurate anymore and they're out- outdated, but at the time, man, they were revolutionary. Oh, they they were. were awesome, and they were inspirational. You know, yeah, made you want to go out and and build a proton pack.
0: Well, I know? I love it, it when you get uh somebody who's a listener or even on the nineteen eighty four workbench, and they're like, oh yeah, I still own a a norm pack from from when he was doing uh facade FX. Like, I would I would pay. Yes. Real money right now for a, a Norm Gagnon pack from 1996.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it's you know it's just to it's have part it. of our history, yeah, just to if, have it. of this weird community that we have, you know, and and just yeah, as a cool conversation piece and just to preserve it, mm-hmm. you know. If I feel like I feel like a lot of that stuff needs to kind of somebody needs to be the caretaker of those things, and they need to be preserved, and you know. I think it's a great point of reference to see how inventive and creative people were back then and how far we've come now from there, you know, but we wouldn't be where we are today without those people, without those builds.
0: I would love to have enough money to buy a raw casting of every single shell that's ever been offered.
1: Oh yeah. I've been thinking for the last several years, how awesome it would be to just start, you know posting in all the groups all the forums you know who's got parts from these sellers from back in the day you know parts that you ha- you haven't ever used yeah. that are sitting in a box in your garage well, out somewhere there. you know you know they are they are
0: there's Absolutely. there's always unfinished kits somewhere i'm still hunting down to this day i would love to find another Nicotron uh, ghostbusters 2 stunt trap kit i would love mm-hmm. to find one I know, they're out there. They have to be out there, because I sat on mine for probably damn well five years before I actually finally built it. So there's got to be somebody out there who's a worse procrastinator than I am, and, uh, <laughs> and it would like they're to make probably 200 bucks.
1: <laughs> well, and the problem is, they're probably somebody that isn't active in the community anymore, but they still got it in their garage somewhere, and they don't ever get on any of the
0: groups. <laughs> Also true. You also know, true.
1: So it, it's they're going to show up like randomly on Facebook Marketplace in some, you know, weird uh lot with like a bunch of other ghostbusters toys and DVDs and stuff, you know. Yeah. And somebody's going to buy it all for like 25 bucks.
0: Probably. Or we just need to start going house to house. Everybody in America. Ski mask and a crowbar. Do you have any Ghostbusters prop <laughs> kits from 1992? <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, it is kind of crazy. It's sort of like you know, garage model kits. Like a lot of those, you know, indie garage model kits from the the Mm seventies and the eighties and the nineties are like highly collectible and sought after.
0: Oh, I know. There's uh, in the in the Blade Runner community, even you know, there's Mm -hmm. a there's a, a mass maker. I think Tomosuke who makes like the premier. Blade Runner blaster and people are still going after other makers just because it was the best that was ever built or offered like yeah. five, six, seven, ten years ago, even.
1: Yeah. And you know, the scarcity of, of like indie model kits compared to obviously a mass produced product, you know, they, they only get rarer and rarer yeah. as time goes on. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, um, i I don't have a completed prop that caught my eye I have a seller who has caught my eye and I have felt to be particularly inventive and uh, this is from the spirit proton pack builders forum and uh this fellow's name is chase Alexander Finch and we've actually mm-hmm. mentioned his mods before on this podcast but we didn't attach a name to it and and that was definitely our bad but um chase finch offers um modifications for spirit proton packs and i believe he also does modifications for like the the hasbro toy wand um but his yeah his spirit proton pack stuff is what i'm mostly interested in and he has an etsy store uh called finchmeister 08 i think is the is the name of the store um but one of the things he is absolutely known for is is his cyclotron mod kit. It's a two-part 3D printed cyclo mod kit that literally just goes over the the existing cyclotron on a Spirit Proton pack. And you glue it in place and, and that's it. You're done.
1: And it, and it looks worlds better.
0: Like years better. And yeah. He's even, he's he's got those hallmarks of a good seller in which he's continuing to modify his product. You know, when he first came out with the, that Cyclotron mod, I thought it looked, hey, yeah, already years better, but it, it didn't have quite the outside lip that, that a, a screen-accurate Cyclotron would have, but he's modified yeah. it again, so now it even it has a proper lip around it and looks even better. And then most recently is a slide on cover for um, the filler tube on the spirit proton mm-hmm. pack. And I was, I was looking at my spirit pack. It's, it's unmodified. I bought it for my daughter cause I wanted her to be able to have a lightweight proton pack. And its design is ingenious cause the filler tube on the spirit pack is, is almost non noticeable. It's, it's there. Um, but it's mm-hmm. kind of, it, it molded in a little too much into the EDA and he, he came out with something that basically just kind of extends that space and makes it a little more prominent and makes it look better. And he offers it in a afterlife version and a standard Ghostbusters one, Ghostbusters two version. Um, So he's got all these great little 3d printed part mods that just need, you know, uh, some filling, sanding painting, and then basically just slap on to your existing Spirit Proton pack, and I, I just I think the cleverness is great. Um, the the yeah, creativity it... is awesome, and uh, how easy it is for somebody to get get his mods and install them. You don't need um a lot of experience to handle them.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's so simple. You I mean you just slide it on, glue it in place, whatever. You don't have to hack into your existing pack and try and patch holes or any of that stuff exactly
0: which i love it's uh it's ingenious and um he's striking on modifications for parts that have always stuck out as the worst features to me of a spirit proton pack so yeah you know i i love it i i thought it was very cool i thought it was very inventive i like the people that are actively trying to close the gap between a Spirit Proton pack and a full-sized screen-accurate replica. I I like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, really innovative and very clever. So great, great job, Finch. Like, very, very great job.
1: Yes, you've earned it.
0: (laughs) You guys have both earned it. You've both earned it.
1: Aaron Tade, you've earned it. You've both earned
0: it. Would you earn... Nothing but some random Ghostbuster nerds (laughs) praise (laughs) on their podcast that uh, I think 70 people listen to. Actually, here, you know what? I'll look at our analytics. Austin, you want to know what our analytics are right now?
1: I do. Actually, I'm curious where it pulls our analytics from. Is it only from Spotify? Um, So
0: our analytics, I can see them through our RSS feed. So every time I put out a new... uh, Episode, it gives me our analytics and it gives us things like uh, last 30 day download, all time downloads, all time do 3,397 downloads. Whoa! Uh, And we are up to 67 followers. Nice. Which I'm really excited about. And uh, looking at our episodes, uh, interestingly enough, our episode with Jordan Johansson is our most popular. It has a total of 291 downloads, and it pulls all this information from all of all of our devices. Um, so PC, mobile, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I get a little confused because it shows these client apps in which, like, Chromecast, Googlebot, Safari, Google Chrome, Overcast Feed, Parser, Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts, Edge, Firefox, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify is obviously our top. But yes. iTunes is on there. And I'm like, how are we on iTunes? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if people are just loading it onto iTunes. I don't quite get yeah. that. I'm not going to pretend to get it. I am going to be a little confused at the fact that the top five locations, number one is Tappahannock in the United States at like 2087 downloads. So I feel like there's just some guy in Tappahannock that's just downloading this shit out of us. And it's not me. I don't live in Tappahannock, <laughs> but
1: maybe, maybe he's trying to download them and it tells him that they're failed on his so end, but they're really it. not. He, he just keeps doing,
0: I guess so. I <laughs> maybe, I mean, I don't know. He it even gives us a map. Or she, it gives us a map and there's like one person in moscow that downloads us i'm like what are you up to yeah <laughs> like what, are you a ghostbuster fan or are, are are you uh some you know kgb agent trying to figure out what we're all about
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know that's cool though i mean i know we have some listeners in australia and the uk and um that's just really cool i mean it's fun it's it's
0: we do. One of Honestly, one of my favorite it, it, listeners won't come on the show.
1: Uh, can we call him out and shame oh, them right fuck now? Fuck yeah, or?
0: Stuart Thompson. He he says his Scottish brogue is too thick. Well,
1: what if we talked in really bad Scottish accents, and, and so it made him his sound better and more clear? Ah,
0: that that sounds like a horrid idea. But
1: if it gets him on the show... That's true. I don't know. and then We can we can slowly phase it out well, throughout the episode. We're going to have to do... We're, he won't notice.
0: We're going to have to do a PKE episode and get Julian on the show. Because he's... I mean, yes. that's just that master class in building a PKE meter. Um, maybe after Julian has been on the show and he realizes that, well, they couldn't understand him either. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be, he'll be a little bit more because Julian's from New Zealand. Um, yes. But well, not all of our listeners know. So I figured I should give them some context. Yeah. Like we are, our, our biggest compliment that we get from people is that they like how casual our show sounds, which I love. I, I like that, you know, people believe that we sound casual because it, it, it is. Um, but also there's been a lot of mention from people. is like some context would be swell like yeah name drop and you're just like if you don't know who that person is you're you're completely in the dark for the entire episode so it's it's uh you just it's it's almost like you're not even in the conversation you're listening to it but you still laugh because you want to feel like you're a part of it but you don't really know Mm -hmm. what you're laughing about
1: (laughs) yeah we're still getting the hang of it you know this is kind of feedback we need
0: Session 14, Austin. That's what we're on right now.
1: That's nuts to me.
0: I mean, I still think it's nuts that we're playing up to session 20. I'm excited. I hope Sony's listening. Twenty one. I should send this over to Sony and be like, hey, Ghostbusters 5, you should... Uh, I know you had Adam you should... Savage and he's, you know, popular and famous and gifted, but mm-hmm. we are collectively nobodies." And would love some access to Ghostbusters five props.
1: I would, dude. Sign me up. I'm whatever it
0: takes. Yeah. I'm gonna keep calling it Ghostbusters five too, because it pisses people off.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm like, guys. <laughs> there's five Ghostbusters movies, whether you like it or not.
0: Not, I don't. Stomp, 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 stomp.
1: And it it drives me nuts because. You have all these people that that act like they want to. Come, they come out and say, "Well, oh, 2016 twenty sixteen doesn't exist." I was like, "But you're literally acknowledging it by saying it doesn't exist, so it exists, right? right? If it didn't exist, you wouldn't even acknowledge the fact that it didn't exist. So you're breaking your own rule."
0: This is this is uh, this is a yes, have some rant.
1: Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, it's ironic because you said we planned up to uh, session twenty. Yes, I have I have twenty one written down. Do you? 21 is a reboot gear. And I think I added that without consulting you. You first. did.
0: Well, I, I want to talk about <laughs> reboot gear on I session 21 because, you know, I have thoughts, I have feelings on that. And I think a lot of our followers mm-hmm. will agree despite if they actually liked the movie or not. So we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. Um
1: And here's the deal up front. If you don't like the 2016 movie, that's fine. Don't listen to that episode. then. That simple. Should we
0: have like a disclaimer on that episode? Absolutely. That sounds useful. We can get Paul Fig. I bet he's available. He doesn't get work anymore. <laughs> That's not
1: true. <laughs> Paul Fig is a very nice he's
0: man. The sweetest of all human beings, and yes. and uh, got just so much hate for that. But anyhow, we're 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 getting way off topic. Let's let's talk about our workbench. You ready, Austin?
1: Yes. Always.
0: What is that thing you're doing?
1: It's technical. It's one of our little toys. Yeah, the
0: proton peg is not a toy. I guess it's right. Austin. What? What's on your workbench? Uh
1: more of the same, but also I mean I brought it up slightly earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm I've added a GB1 trap pedal to my <laughs> ongoing list of Ghost trap things I'm working on.
0: Excellent. Excellent.
1: Um, I bought some wood today to make it out of and some uh, half inch aluminum bar to wrap around the front. All that good stuff. The little feet, little washer, sink washer things or whatever for the feet. So what some blue project boxes the other day? Black D sub connectors. Um, I think the only thing I'm going to have to track down is a. Legree banjo tip. Mm-hmm. And I've got to get a twenty-six pin like D subheader
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think I've got everything else.
0: I so it sh- it should
1: in theory come together pretty quickly.
0: I I ordered another uh ghost trap kit today. Oh, from Ben of Kent Props. Okay, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna it... I'm gonna throw in an order of good faith. I want to see what happens, and he's offering okay. a full three D printed ghost trap and pedal it was $104 and uh, well, that's
1: what it was. that was my next question is it is it a resin cast kit or is it 3d it's printed it's 3
0: 3 printed i don't think he offers a resin cast kit okay um but i've i've looked at his ghost traps for a long time there i i think proportionately they are um not to hero proportions i think they're portioned out as stunt traps but have removable cartridges. So I think that battery box is just a little bit shorter than it should be for a true blue hero trap. Um yeah. $104 for a full kit. I was like, mm-hmm. that sounds fun. Does
1: the do the side plates are they 3D printed all of
0: Everything. Everything on it is 3D okay. printed. Um I'm gonna replace the side plates. I'm gonna replace uh the side plates um really been having a lot of fun with send cut send and how like affordable their prices are and the fact that it's like you uh, you can just order aluminum plates from them and you don't even have to cut anything and then it's like you spent 20 bucks and you got side plates for your ghost trap
1: You, you know at this point they really need to just have like a ghostbuster section on their
0: website they really should
1: I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they do more Ghostbusters parts than anything else I at mean, this point.
0: I, I'm sure they just do an inordinate amount of parts for, for all walks of props or prop replicas, but it's such a, an easy site to use. I mean, you just plug in. There's some things that you can't do, um, some shapes, unless you have mm-hmm. your own drawing program. They have a built-in drawer into their website, which is cool, but a little limited. So, like, I can't yeah. do uh, front plates. I I can't mm-hmm. do that particular shape. I could do half of a front plate,
1: <laughs> and then two little tiny plates, and then two
0: little tiny to plates, stack I guess. on top. Of. Um, yeah. But I, I figured.
1: I mean, you you in theory you could order the whole thing as a as a big rectangle or whatever, and just cut out the notch for that's, the. That's
0: that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's you know just take a Dremel to it and do my limited metalworking skills and stuff, but it, it's so convenient to use them. You know, I ordered uh, a real Ghostbusters motherboard from them, uh, trap side plates, and then they offer other materials. So like uh, for, for my version of the Ghostbusters One Yellow Rod Stunt Trap, I ordered everything that I need to build the interior box out of ABS from them.
1: They, they offer ABS. They do.
0: They offer ABS. They offer wood. They Ooh. offer composites. They offer like seven or eight different kinds of metal. I mean, they they offer a lot that can be laser cut. And uh, Okay. And then, of course, if you have access to higher grade um, drawing equipment, you know, like STL files or something like that, you can send them drawings for more in-depth, like front trap plates. If you don't want to just hack everything apart yourself, if you want them to laser cut that particular shape with the notch already done, they can do it. You just have to give them the drawing. And, uh, I love that. I mean, it's like putting a metal shop and, you know, me, I, I'm always hitting up people for metal shit. Um, from the simplest to the most, you know, simplest things to, can you fix my injector tubes? (laughs)
1: You didn't ask me. I offered. You did. That.
0: But like
1: I was like I think I can fix it. You them.
0: probably can. But even then I was thinking, "Oh wow, you know what? If I really wanted to, I could order the the plate how I need it, send it over to Austin so that his his aluminum guy can just re-weld it for me and take out
1: uh but it would take me like 5 minutes to make that plate. I know. It's not that big I deal. know. I know it's not a big <laughs>
0: deal, but just food for thought, damn it. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean you know it's always handy to know people that can do stuff for you but it's always nice to have a, an option where you don't have to bug people i guess because yes. you know you hate after a while you hate like constantly asking for favors yeah
0: and i try not Which, to. you know
1: like for for me like if i offer stuff to people i'm doing it because i like you you're my friend and i, I just want to help you out you know i want I, I like making stuff. That sounds and I like way, doing stuff for my friends. That's
0: way too much Ghostbusters Illuminati.
1: Can can you cue up the do you have the X Files thing <laughs> you can play real quick?
0: I wish I did. I, I wish I did, but I, I sadly Or don't. do
1: you have a recorder that nearby that you can play it on?
0: I, I am not gifted in the recorder, I'm sorry. You don't have to be. The worst <laughs> it sounds there, how's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Anyway, yeah, yeah, no.
1: So it's fun, but the sink cut in. That's that's a really cool thing. I didn't know that they offered other materials like ABS it is. and wood and all that. It
0: is definitely worth uh, any any Ghostbusters prop builder to take some time to fiddle around with a their onboard drawing tool and the the materials that they actually have available there. Outside of that, um, I posted on my my personal hobbies page, Harsh Hobbies, incorporated my frustration with paint.
1: Yes, you also texted me. I did.
0: Well, you didn't get back to me within 30 seconds, so I lost patience and made it a post.
1: That's okay. <laughs> that's fair. That's totally fair. I get that.
0: Um and and Mark Kabali who has a, a a considerable amount of experience with 3D prints. I mean, just does some incredible 3D print work. Um seems to believe that my my order of operations with the paint was probably wrong so i'm going to go with he's probably correct on that um and then another member also mentioned it as well that i i used the flat black um prime and finish to to see where my filling process was i just wanted to get (laughs) some color on there um just so i could see how happy i was how if the striations were still, still visible or if it was something that I'd be happy with enough to, to do another couple coats and start putting parts onto my IDW wand body. And um, obviously I wasn't happy with it. I didn't think it needed a whole thing, a body filler. So then I hit it with, uh, with the, the filler primer and I started getting these obnoxious cracks in the paint. Yeah.
1: Like the cracked riverbed. Yeah.
0: Uh, would have been really thing, pretty yeah. if I was trying to make an antique frame. Um, but <laughs> yeah. not pretty when you're trying to do a smooth gun body and make a, a 3D print look like aluminum. Um, so I went through and sanded that down a little bit and uh, and rehit it with the filler primer again. And I, I seem to be having a, some luck. So I think um, I think what I'll end up, Doing to to rectify that situation is let it dry overnight. Um, hit it with mm-hmm. sandpaper again tomorrow, and another coat or two of that filler primer um, before I I start moving back to the the black.
1: Yeah, with Rust-Oleum, yeah, you gotta you just gotta let it dry, and I, I hate that. I mean, I'm so I, impatient. I
0: I'm so impatient, but the 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 uh, prime and finish dries so fucking fast compared to their other paints.
1: Well, but there's a difference between dried and
0: cured. Yeah.
1: So, (laughs) you know, like, I've had plenty of times when I've, I've laid down color on top of another color, and the layer underneath wasn't fully cured. And so it just it fucks up with the layer that you laid down like same brand, same yep. series of paint and everything. And, you know, sometimes the weather has issues or causes issues, you know, humidity or whatever. That's why
0: I posted the weather information. Cause I was like, it's, it's not hot or humid enough that it should be fucking with this. Um, yeah. any, and, and you
1: know, sometimes shit just happens true. and there's really no, nothing you can do about it, but start over. Yeah. I mean, I've had plenty of times where I've just tossed full cans of paint went out and rebought a different can because I'm like maybe the can's bad and then that next can works fine you mm-hmm. know
0: oh yeah absolutely so that that's been my fight today um I I did get my new booster frame I, I picked up one of the legacy booster frames from Max Factory for my superhero so I got that reaffixed onto my uh, aluminum booster tube so there was a little bit of uh, filling and painting there. Um, just because the original booster frame I had did not quite line up with the Max Factory. It was just a little yeah. bit smaller. Um, I don't know why, because the one I was using beforehand is also, from from where I bought it, is supposed to be a screen lineage, and the markings on it match screen lineage. Um, they are not indicative of replica, You know, just it's indentations, things that would be really difficult to to replicate, you know, not a notch or something like that. But indentations from uh, that that ribbon cable tie down. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, depending on the source of it and and their source for, you know, their mold and everything else like that shrinkage, who knows how much shrinkage What, what, you know, is it a 50th generation casting? Yeah.
0: Did I get it from Bob's prop shop? No, I did not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I also, yeah, uh, I don't know if it's a shrinkage issue with the mold or not, but uh, regardless of that, the the legacy booster frame is on there and looks beautiful. It's all been painted up. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to to see how it will look on the new shell whenever I get that. Yeah, because you know I'm just perpetually waiting on parts. Um, Aren't
1: we all? Yeah,
0: yeah, we are. But that's that's what's on my workbench. So kind of excited. You know, enjoyed some of the nice weather. Got to do a little mm-hmm. bit of building today. I had an interesting question though. You know, we talk about what's on our workbench every episode, which is delightful. What do you do when you're at a point where you want to build? You want to be creative, as it were. And uh, but you don't you don't have a a prop that you want to work on. Let's say you're you're completely at a point where there's nothing that you can make yourself. You're waiting on vendors. What do you do?
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I start another prop (laughs) 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 because, I mean, let's be fair, that's. Totally, what happened with the uh, the Phoebe pack? Fair. You know, I was waiting on parts to get welded, and we did the ghost trap episode. And I'm like, well, let's see if I can modify this other ghost trap, and then you know, start waiting on parts for that and the Phoebe pack. And I'm <laughs> like, well, let's build an afterlife pedal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you just you if you're stalled out on your other projects, you just find something you can start find over on projects. or start a new.
0: I I go yeah. to Lego man. I, I go straight to Lego.
1: I, you know, I've never really been a Lego kid or a Lego man. I have some Legos and they stay in the box sealed up and I never look at them ever. Oh. So I don't even know why I have them. I guess it's that compulsion to buy anything with a Ghostbusters that's logo fair. on it. That interests me anyway. That's, I mean, that's fair. But, uh,
0: I like it. It gets, uh, I, it gets that build. There's build juices flowing. Yeah. And, uh, not having being creative marks. without making a mess. Being creative without being super creative. <laughs> yeah. But uh so I, I have I've been working on that new Jurassic Park set that came out. Oh yeah. You know, that looks the, fun. That target exclusive that's the T Rex coming out of the paddock. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. But that's that's
1: I I, I appreciate Legos. I just don't collect
0: that's them. fair. That's fair. So we are talking about Greebleys. Let's talk about Greebleys. Listen, you smell something? There's
2: something very important I forgot to tell you. What? I collect spores, molds, and fungus.
0: Why? So, session 14 of uh, Black Firehouse Podcast. Again, you can always listen to us through our RSS feed. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Apparently, a bunch of other places that I never intentionally signed us up for. Um, if, of course, you want to join the conversation, you can always join us over at Spengler's 1984 Workbench and give us a like on uh, Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter. Um, also, give us some uh, give us some positive feedback. We don't have any ratings on Facebook. Like, drop us a we can drop us a five star. We can
1: I didn't know we could be rated on Facebook.
0: We can. Our page can be rated. We, we.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do that, please. We can be
0: recommended. Guys, recommend us all. What was it? 67 of you? 67 of you up 42% from last month. Give us some kind feedback on, on Facebook. That would, we would definitely appreciate that. Um, or if you have negative feedback, you can, you know, you can keep that to yourself. That would be also very, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, though.
1: I, I welcome negative feedback. It makes me
0: stronger. not negative, constructive. Man, I wish people knew the difference. I really wish people knew no, I'm, the difference.
1: I mean negative because I'm like, I'm just going to prove you wrong, motherfucker. I mean. I, no not really constructive let's move yeah, on let's
0: move on so last <laughs> session we we started talking about proton pack shells um you know kind of a, a a building a proton pack 101 and today we're talking about greeblies we're talking about all the pieces parts little parts these these are going to be for the most part the found items on on your ghostbusters proton pack now the the easiest way is the go-to, and and I know an entire forum, uh, the the Ghostbusters, you know, 3D print <laughs> community, just say, well, just print it. Just print it. Yeah. Just print it. No, don't just print it. Next thing you guys are, you're going to start just printing tubes instead of just buying PVC tubes. <laughs> I've already made that <laughs> I rant. know you made that rant. Uh, we we got to do that (laughs) callback.
1: And there's also, you know, and there's some understanding there. I I was proving that, you know, you can't always access those standard sizes in other countries. And that's fine. You do you. Um, But, you know, sometimes it is just easier to just buy it to if if you have access to it. There
0: is one greebly, at least I would consider this a greebly, that a lot of people 3D print. And I think it is by far the worst idea, um, there is there is one part on a Proton Pack that I 100% believe you need to spend money on. And, uh, you know, there's there's so many parts on there that you can, you know, fabricate yourself or or 3D print instead or, um, you know, get a close enough copy, you know, lots of knobs or clippered valves or things like that. There is still one part that I 100% believe deep down in my core just spend the 30 to 60 dollars for it and that that is that's the gun hook oh god yes um
1: i'm sitting here trying to think is he gonna is he gonna say the crank no. knob crank knobs are 60
0: now no yeah. crank knobs are yeah. 50 yeah i to mean 100 yeah for
1: real, for, like for legit real, legit
0: one. ones. But um, even beyond that, there's a fantastic replica of the crank knob. Um, but it's an interesting thing. It's not. It's not really a replica. It is an injection molded. Well, hold on. We'll we'll get to that. Let's let's go back to let's yeah. go back to the the wand the, the hook. wand hook. I I. I have seen very sturdy 3D prints of of the V-hook, and uh, yeah. I know mm-hmm. they can last. I know that there's a lot of versatility in there, but I do not know why you would still want to risk your wand on a chunk of plastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree, you know... <sighs> It's such a, it is arguably the most important piece of the pack that must be structurally sound. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've seen, you know, I remember people were built scratch building V hooks out of, you know, styrene plastic mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, they're like, oh yeah, it's fine. And then at one point it snapped mm-hmm. or it failed or whatever. And, You know, I don't have a ton of experience with uh, 3D prints in terms of, uh, you know, structural parts, you know, having any kind of uh, wear and tear put on them. But, yeah, I would never trust, I would never trust a a plastic hook of any, you know, any type of plastic for, it would have to be, I mean, make it out of steel or, you know, anything, but not. You know, if you have if you
0: have the means to cut one out of aluminum, cool. If you don't have the means, spend the sixty dollars yeah. and fucking buy one. I am sorry, it, it. I've seen three D print. I have a, a a very good buddy of mine. He's actually the one that owns the sixty seven Ecto that our franchise uses, Jeremy, mm-hmm. and um, his pack is almost completely three D printed. He's done such an amazing job on it. Um, and his, his wand was, you know, like a pound, two pounds, something like that. I mean, everything 3d printed, it it ends up almost weightless, which is awesome. Um, you know, 3d printing is definitely something to look into if you have back problems and maybe not necessarily the, uh, the how to gumption to make a pack out of foam. Um, but he had a 3d printed gun hook. And there was barely any weight on that thing, because the wand, again, was only like, you know, two or three pounds. And it still broke. And that wand still fell. And it, you know, Mm -hmm. it broke itself. He had to reprint his entire wand because he was using a 3D-printed V-hook. And it's just not worth it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you feel comfortable with it, uh, you know... Again, you do you. You do your thing, but you know, surely you know you got a, a mom or a grandma or a brother or sister or somebody that you know. Even though you're a grown ass adult, you can still ask for something for Christmas. Yeah. and ask for <laughs> ask for a metal gun hook.
0: Ben of Kent offers one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Ghostbusters props. I know. Oh, you know fans dot com has one. I think Proton Props, yeah. I think they use a metal V-hook on their builds. Um, mm-hmm. But AJ offers a, an amazing one. Um, you know, the, the screen used ones are three pieces, at least the the male end.
1: The, the GB-1s yeah, are, yeah.
0: The, the GB-1s uh, in which they have uh, the hook itself, the, the male flange, and then there's a spacer, and then an additional mm-hmm. square spacer, and then it's on the pack. Um, and yeah. AJ has a two-piece one that mimics the look of a three-piece gun hook, and I thought that was incredibly clever.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, there's not a whole lot of difference between the two and th- three-piece yeah. in terms of, like, once it's all screwed together, it's pretty structurally sound, yeah. but, you know, the less pieces, the better. And uh, I mean, it would not surprise me if at some point somebody does one that the entire, like, the mounting block, the spacer, and the the hook itself are all one piece but they're machined to look like they're separate and
0: and yeah and aj's though are are 60 bucks and i i i can hear our listeners that are on a budget as as they join us go well it's still 60 bucks and i know 60 dollars is can be a lot for a lot of people i i empathize with you but when you're putting that much love into your proton pack you want to make sure whether or not you have a 3D-printed wand, a full aluminum wand, or even a Hasbro Spankler wand, that it is on there with something that is secure. When even Hasbro and Mattel have gone out of their way to make sure that the female end is aluminum
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and, and is actually bolted into the rest of their toy replica, it means they also believe that, that that particular piece should be structurally sound and secure.
1: Yeah, and you know, just as an alternative too, which it's a very common alternative. Um, if you don't want to spend the money on a, you know, an accurate machined one or whatever, there's the Dixie there cup is, books,
0: and you know,
1: and, and and I would still recommend those. You oh, know, yeah. light years over over a plastic one. Absolutely. You know? My my biggest issue with those is it's not that they're not accurate. I just, most of them have that really long male in mm-hmm. and I just, it just looks dumb. <laughs> like it's a very simple, it's a very simple fix. If you just want to chop a little bit off of that, sure. just makes it look a little cleaner, a little nicer, but it's still, it's a very structurally sound hook a great alternative. Yep. And they're not too terribly expensive. I think you can usually pick up a set for like twelve bucks, twenty bucks mm-hmm. at the most, maybe.
0: Yeah. So if if sixty dollars is out of your price range, and I understand that, at least go with a Dixie hook bracket as as your mm-hmm. absolute bare minimum. Do not three D print a gun hook because you're just setting yourself up for for being upset. Don't don't buy a resin gun hook and and to the makers out there please stop making things <laughs> with these substandard hooks cuz anybody who's not familiar is going they're going to trust these sellers to be selling something yeah. that's going to last and yeah and you
1: know I don't think we want to make it sound like they're out to no, get people no I
0: don't think they yeah. are
1: I, I think they believe in their product and they believe that it's, you know, well
0: I believe it's uh, sturdy believe and, it's and sound. fail. <laughs> 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 I'm not trying to and, be an Aaliyah's dick. I'm just I, I see things like even, you know, ghost trap holsters and the V hook on the ghost trap holster is made out of plastic. Oh god. And the amount of jostling that happens on a oh on a god. ghost trap holster itself, like if you want to make the base holster out of three D plastic. I'm not sold on that, but, you know, hey, cool, at least make the fucking hook out of a Dixie bracket or an actual aluminum piece.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that for Ghostbusters 2, they added aluminum backing and a strap to the holster.
0: (laughs) How many traps fell off of, you know...
1: I mean... I, you know, I have a, a aluminum backed holster and, you know, full metal hook and everything on mine and a strap and I've still had it pop off, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, it, you know, it's going to happen eventually at some point, but, you know, the and the other thing too is like with 3D printed hooks. I don't know that anybody's had enough time with one for them to fail. Cuz it seems to me like I've only seen the 3D printed hooks pop up within the last couple of years.
0: Oh no, no. My my buddy Jeremy, his has failed
1: but but what i mean is like you know there's a lot of people out there that that they may print it with 100 percent infill you right. know and believe it's strong as a rock and yeah it may last two or three years but i i you know it it could also fail at three and a half years yeah. you know who knows i don't know and maybe i have no idea what i'm talking about but it, yeah the point is i wouldn't trust a plastic hook no.
0: for anything um so that's that's as far as that gravely glow goes, I, I feel that's the most important. That's the one. Don't don't chintz on if if you need to make it on a budget, go for the inaccurate option. Go for a Dixie brand hook. If if you want it accurate, and don't don't paint something that's 3D printed. Go for the $60. It's yeah. $60. Bucks. I get it. That can be a lot of money. But it is better for you to set aside ten bucks a month for six months to get something that's mm-hmm. going to last you an hour. A lifetime, a lifetime. Yes. Because those gun hooks, those aluminum gun hooks on the screen used proton packs are still holding the weight.
1: Now, one thing to note, though, the aluminum hook is only great as long as you have proper reinforcement on the inside of the pack as well. If you just screw that bad boy into a fiberglass shell or uh, 3D printed or whatever, and you don't have something nice and heavy and thick on the, on the opposite side to screw into, to bolt into, eventually it's just going to pull right out. It
0: can. Yes. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Uh, make sure it's, it's properly reinforced.
0: Yeah. Washers or uh, another block of wood or another chunk of aluminum, something to distribute that weight. Uh, Julian yeah. did an amazing uh Thing on one of his proton packs in which he did a a big resin infill of mm. of uh, polyurethane resin. So he he basically cardboarded off that entire section and did a a nice polyurethane infill on that and then drilled through it. So it was it was highly highly reinforced. So that's not going to be something. If it fails, it means his entire gun boxes coming off of his back. Yeah. And
1: you know the other thing to note is another reason why we talk about this stuff like this is we've been through all of this. Yeah. We have experienced all of these failings and, you know, we're 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 letting if you if know now. Don't don't make our same mistakes.
0: It's broke. We've seen it break. <laughs>
1: If we didn't break it ourselves, we know someone <laughs> entire that entire
0: proton packs pulled apart by somebody jostling the ion arm. Uh, oh
1: God! It was my ion arm was three hours old, Dan, and some drunk asshole ripped it off my pack.
0: I watched a woman rip the ion arm off of Chase Ambrose's uh, pack. It, it was uh, it was built by by Matt Burkett. Um, to give you an mm-hmm. idea of the level of quality of the pack that we're talking here. And Chase Ambrose came under ownership of it. And he's the, uh, I, I guess, the de facto founder, maybe leader of Georgia Ghostbusters. It, besides that, lots of people have opinion. He's a dear friend of mine. I love him to death. He's, he's one of the best mm-hmm. people. He's kept PKE Surge alive since 2011. He does amazing work there. So many people have problems with him and yet every single year he comes back and keeps giving back to the community. So I, I don't think people understand what a heart of gold that gentleman has. It's just under a lot of layers of coal and hate. <laughs> but yes. but yeah, his, his iron arm, some drunk person got a hold of it in the hallway at Dragon Con and pulled it right out because uh, mm-hmm. it, it's the worst. And I've seen uh, shells that were not Uh, the bumpers that were not the right size to the shell, you know, you get a little bit of pliability, but if there's too much of a size variance there, your bumpers will pull your shell apart. That can cause a lot of issues, but, um, what are some other greeblies? Let's, let's go to one of the, another big one. Um, Clippard's Clippard valves. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorites. They're heavy, obnoxious. And you can still get them new.
1: And they're fun to play with. They are
0: fun to play with.
1: It's one of the few pieces of a proton pack that if you use use a real one, you can have somebody come up and like, hey, what's this do? And they can twist it, and it's not going to ruin it. it.
0: it's not going to break. My favorite thing is Chuck Fincher of Fincher Tech, who we are, of course, huge fans of, actually installed (laughs) a volume control into some of yeah. these clippered valves.
1: Which is super cool. I it love is. that.
0: Um, I don't know <laughs> if I could risk a vintage clippered valve. So, you know, you and I were going after vintage pieces, and that's fine. But uh, a clippered valve generally is going to be an R701 or an R331 uh, clippered valve. Um, and you can actually find those uh, on the clippered website on stateside. They're also offered through Ghostbuster fans. Um, yeah, and they're like, I think like forty bucks, something like that.
1: Yeah, I think there's for whatever reason there's a difference in price between the two, um, but it's it's not much. I think one's around like thirty-seven, one's like forty-two, something like yeah. that. Um, at most, for a modern new clipper valve, at most I wouldn't pay more than fifty bucks no. a pop. Um, for the love of God, don't buy them on eBay. They are so overpriced on no, okay, eBay. Okay,
0: hold on, hold on. So they can be overpriced on eBay, but yeah, eBay I mean, is, I'm I specifically talking. Well, listen, we got people that are starting, and then we got our our elitists yeah. like us. Listen, the the fact of the matter is, you're only going to be able to find vintage clipboard valves through eBay.
1: Yes, I'm sp- I'm speaking strictly about brand new brand ones. new
0: ones. Okay, yeah, brand new ones. Yeah, like a modern you know, one. Brand new ones. uh Don't order them off eBay. Order them through GB Fans. Order them through Clippard if you're actually stateside. Uh, I think it's uh, like Rock something, I think is the supplier in the UK.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't remember the name off the top of my head either, but you know, and you know, you may be lucky uh, if you check the Clippard website, they've got a list of distributors. You may have somebody that sells them, you know, fairly local Mm -hmm. to you. You can just drive and, and pick one up, you know but yeah vintage ones now vintage ones i don't mind paying a pretty penny for because how much much are we looking
0: for for a vintage one
1: well i don't know i've never actually been able to get one what uh yeah it's crazy it's one of the only vintage parts i don't own for my eventual you know real parts builds that i want to do and i'm so mad because uh I give a shout out to Matthew Swaim from the proton pack is not a toy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great, great YouTube channel. Speaking of all the greeblies and stuff, he's got some cool videos that kind of break down the different variations between each pack in terms of like resistors and and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So definitely check his channel out. But he, he had made this uh, discovery on eBay. A seller had all these, you know, vintage. uh, I believe they were R701 Clipper valves. Mm -hmm. And they were like 20 bucks a piece wow and he sent me the leak he's like grab them while they're hot and I was like oh god oh god I'm throwing you know I'm panicking and I look and it says he's got like 50 available and I was like oh, okay because at the time I didn't have I wanted to buy at least four right and and uh, I was like oh I don't have the money for this right now so I had to wait till I get a little got a little bit of money and it was only like three or four days later and I went back and they were all gone
0: yeah yeah he uh he sent me the same listing they went Fast. And then that same seller on eBay um, listed an entire scientific assembly um, from mm-hmm. Fairchild Labs, I think. Um, yeah. And it had another vintage 701 on there. It went for
1: $200. Yeah, I mean, that's just insane.
0: Um, and uh, I may or may not have been <laughs> part of driving that price up.
1: <laughs> You're not one of those people that's like, well, if I can't no. have it then I'm going to make you no, pay for no, no, it.
0: No, I actually, I was hoping to get that seven Oh one in hindsight. I'm glad I didn't. Um, and I hope it went to either a laboratory that really needed those parts or somebody who, who had those deep pockets to get that seven Oh one. Uh, cause I, I have five. <laughs> Hook a brother up. Uh, we will talk. We will okay. talk. um, <laughs> but I was still amazed at the that the 701 went for such a high price because the rarer of the two as far as vintage goes is the 331
1: yeah I never see those you know I see people i always miss the eBay listings I'm always seeing people like yeah I grab these on eBay and I'm like I check every day how did I miss these
0: um yeah i don't I don't know how you've missed them
1: well and like I said, I've never really seen anybody post that they found any, you know, vintage R three three ones I eBay. I think it's always they're always acquired through somebody else, you know, that's got a stash or whatever. I
0: think I've gotten uh two vintage three three ones. Um I ended up finding out a hack for the three three ones that I was very happy about. And uh if you mm-hmm. want a genuine um Clipper. Hold on. I am searching for the actual model number right now. So, uh, the 341 valve, which is a lot easier to find as a vintage piece, is almost identical in physical specifications to the 331, except the label is different. But there's so many high-quality Clippered replica labels out there now. Yeah. So buy a 341, take that label off and put either the GB Fans Clippard label on there or Max Factory Clippard label on there. Both of their label sets have the Clippard and it's um they're both very accurate. Um I I really I don't think either one is more or less accurate than the other. They're both printed on a uh, nice foil paper that's that's a thin sticker sheet, so it mimics yeah. the the Clippard labels identically. Um, it's probably the the most accurate labels on on offered by by both sets GB fans and by Max Factory, just because it's it's still made. Um, you know, it's not trying yeah. to find the right kind of layers for like a crank generator label or something like that. But yeah, if you can't find a three thirty one, get a three forty one and swap out the label. Of course, new, they're they're still widely available again through through Clippard's website, Ghostbuster Fans has them. Don't pay more than, you know, thirty or forty bucks. Don't go through eBay. Don't don't pay two hundred dollars for a new Clipboard valve. And yeah. The we should probably note though the differences that you're really looking for versus what a vintage clipboard is versus a new stock clipper. Um,
1: yeah, which you know, this is really only for the detail obsessed like well, us.
0: That's part of this podcast. So the the yeah, biggest detail, but I mean, like, is the the typeface yeah. on the base of the clipper valve. Yeah.
1: Um, which. I wasn't even aware was different until just a few years ago yeah um it's one of those little things that i just always overlooked you know i knew some of the other little variants but like you know as soon as as soon as i saw that and realized it was a thing or it was pointed out to me now i I can't unsee it you know
0: so vintage clippered valves have a tighter type font on the base um
1: I believe the the font is also a little it thicker it's, too. It's,
0: it's a little bit thicker. It's a little more compressed. It still says Clippard, Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and then a modern unit is a lot more stretched out. The the modern Clippard, the the type font on the base almost fills the entire one side of that that oval base. Um, yeah, and is yeah like you said considerably thinner. Um, there's also some variants on. The knurling on the knobs, and then there's a super old 331 model out there in which the top knob is like half its size of of what we would be looking for even a modern unit. Don't yeah. buy that; those are useless. No, I, I have three of them. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Um,
1: now, well, now is the rest of the uh, the unit fairly accurate, or is it just the, is the it's knob... just Really the only it, difference. The knob
0: is the only difference on that. The rest of it is accurate. It's got the right label, it's got the right base, but the that top knob on the 331 is inset. So okay. I, I don't even think I could replace the knobs. I'm pretty sure the, the regulator size, that yeah. screw size on top there is completely different. Um gotcha. I okay. think maybe you or something like Fincher Tech could probably gut it and put in a different screw set in there, and then put a modern knob on it. Um, That's a lot of work, though.
1: But, you know, if it's your only option for getting a a period-accurate appearance, you know, you can Frankenstein something together as a placeholder until you can run across an authentic piece. Uh,
0: The other um, highly sought-after feature of the clippered valve is the label itself um a lot of the ones in ghostbusters have a purple tint to the actual label um Mm -hmm. and i have a 701 that has that tint on the label but then the the top machined aluminum part is not accurate the base is right the label is right the top isn't yeah and that's that and that's frustrating
1: Well, and, you know, I wonder about the the purple hue, if if that's, were they manufactured that way, were they new that way, or is that just a a product of time and age and and, and the ink fading? But not
0: all of mine have that feature.
1: Well, and it could be just the difference in the ink they use, because the, the one thing I have noticed about clippers, even modern ones, you know, they're hugely inconsistent like, the Neural- like you said the knurling mm-hmm. and everything. Like, I've got two modern clippers that are pretty close to manufactured at the same time, I would imagine. And the knurling is completely different between the two
0: yeah. 701s or r thirty one. And then, of course, um, you know, 3D print it if, if you don't want a real one. And honestly, this is actually one of those parts where if you're trying to save weight, go with a replica. Mm-hmm um and and yeah. but don't even go with a resin cast unless your resin cast replica has been hollowed out um
1: yeah because i mean some resin casts can actually weigh more than a real can, one
0: which is difficult to do because clippered valves weigh a ton i mean for for their size what they are i think they weigh like a pound um yeah you know they're they're heavy for, for what they really are as far as going on the pack. So if you're trying to save weight, trying to save money, there's a lot of really good 3D print files out there. There's also some that aren't so great. Um, I've seen some in which the yeah. type font is it's a little too much. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that that's one of those things. Do your research. Look at the photos and then look at what's being offered out there. I, I always, I'm going to default right now to what Quentin Offers on his uh, his three D prints. Um, I believe Martin also has a pretty good replica that's included in his print files that you can get on Etsy through ShapeForge Props. Um, yeah. But then I've also seen there's there's some other vendors who aren't as detail oriented, aren't as dedicated to the quality as uh, necessarily Martin or or Quint are. Um, they they offer. Kind of, kind of subpar replicas, and for something that is so geometrically simple, you really should be able to get that on the money for for just a couple bucks.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, some people it doesn't matter, but you know, people like uh, Quentin and and Martin, like the the amount of effort they put into getting it right, yeah. um, and and you know. Quentin's files just blow me away. All of the options mm-hmm. you have for the Greebleys and everything. Like, if there was any slight variation to anything, he includes that as an option. Um, I think that's awesome, you know, because it's so accessible to people. You got the people that don't give a crap, yep. they just print whatever, or you've got the detail obsessed like us, they want something more mm-hmm. accurate. It's available to them.
0: Absolutely and then uh, crank knobs. Mm -hmm. So we we started touching on this, we started segueing into this getting off topic. Um, But now let's bring it back to crank knobs. So crank knobs are highly, highly sought after. Um, And for the accuracy nuts, um, getting a vintage crank knob can be quite the chore. Um, So starting especially a gray gray one one, starting with ghostbusters one an accurate crank knob is a three-piece we presume raytheon crank knob yes um and then ghostbusters 2 is a gloss black again presumed raytheon crank knob um there is an alternative. So, so in the wild, you're looking at anywhere from prop, again eBay for your vintage parts, and it depends on if they know what they have. Uh, Apex yeah. Electronics liquidated out their crank knobs uh, for like fifty bucks for three piece gray. And they knew, they what, they knew what they had. They um, had, but I I have seen them go as low as twenty five. Generally, or now you're going to look though between fifty and hundred bucks. Um but AJ quick offers a two-part brand new production, two military specification, injection molded crank knob for 25 bucks. they are they're beautiful. gorgeous. nobody else offers them yeah. um the only critique I have is that the gray ones are gloss yeah. That's a small critique though, $25 for literally a brand new crank knob with, with all the hardware that you need. And it's, it's hard to even say that these crank knobs are replicas because they're really not. He took the ID specifications and they are factory made for all intents and purposes. They are brand new crank knobs.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: you could put, you could put those on a radio. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, which i love i love that yeah (laughs) you know i mean i i i do wonder if if there's any point when you're going to start getting like guys that are into ham radio stuff buying stuff from gb fans because they can't find yeah they they, they their parts anywhere else they have
0: like a, a classic ham radio that they want the original military spec crank knob for and they can't find it anywhere else they could literally go on a gb fans and be like oh that's exactly what i am looking for in the right size um and it'll be the yeah. the correct shaft diameter and everything i don't think there's anybody else there that offers crank knob uh replicas and if they are they're one part resin cast i have seen two part resin casts as well
1: yeah, I think AJ used to offer or maybe still offers them um, where the the little knob on the side was a separate mm-hmm. piece. Um, and it had a little a little uh, screw you put it through and you put the little locking yeah. thing on it. And, and those are cool, you know. And they look great. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, they, they look identical once they're on yep. the pack. And mm-hmm. unless you get up really close, you're,
0: you're never going to yep. know the difference. Um, 3D print is, you know, again, for all Greeblies uh, so that we're not just repeating ourselves you can go that 3d print direction um but the the detail level on it if you were going to 3d print it i i would point in the direction of doing a a resin 3d print
1: yeah for sure and you know especially if you're doing a gray crank knob that gray resin
0: yeah, you're it's set. pretty
1: similar in in uh in color mm-hmm. to
0: an original so absolutely so but i would uh, i would definitely give the the win to Ghostbuster fans on their, their brand new crank knobs that they have, which is excellent. Um,
1: I I do want to ask one question uh, or your opinion, Mm -hmm. rather. I have one. It's new old stock gray Raytheon crank knob that I believe solid gold caddy Chris found somewhere and offered them up on GB fans like a decade ago. But in that little uh, ridge running down the center of the, the, the main knob there's a little dimple oh. and I've seen both versions with a dimple and without a dimple, but I've never seen any definitive answer as to which version is in the movie. Do you have a, do you have an I, opinion?
0: I don't. So here's, all right, okay. let's, let's be upfront with our listener base here. We keep saying three part gray for ghostbusters one. And we're simply basing that on the fact that the three-part is the oldest known crank knob design. So because it's the oldest, we are making an educated guess. Assuming. Assuming that that is is the correct model. But we don't have enough reference, you know, even with a 1984-pack um, that shows the the ramus hero when it was on display or even that that candid shot of Ernie Hudson wearing his omni-pack at the premiere
1: no 4k screenshot is no, enough we
0: we cannot ascertain if it actually is a two or a three part we are just assuming at this point that it's a
1: and, you know there's always the possibility that you know one of them's got a two part three more have a three part you it know is, you never know it is it depends on what they found at
0: Apex. But they're at least gray. We know that. Khaki, yeah. khaki crank knobs.
1: They're overdyed gray.
0: They're 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 mauve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're covered in maroon tape. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, no dimple or no dimple. I I can't really offer an educated guess or opinion on that. Um.
1: I think it's one of those situations where you take what you can get and be happy that you have a vintage piece exactly. at all. You know, like if that's what you're going yeah. for. Um, I know that I'm thrilled as all get out to have one. And yes. you know, if I ever run across one that doesn't have a dimple, you can bet I'm going to buy it and have it on hand in case we yeah. ever get definitive proof. I can swap um, it out.
0: I, I went on a lucky streak on eBay for about a month and a half and managed to actually get three vintage black crank knobs uh, for under 20 bucks Very a piece nice. and two of them are gloss and one of them is flat black and then also in the process of buying that i ended up one that was comically too big but <laughs> <laughs> those those are, are fun. fun
1: you know i have it when i uh i found a lot of you know vintage uh, legree elbows you know years and years ago now they're not the four millimeter they're the what the five thirty mm-hmm. seconds yeah so they're not—they're like the the second generation. Yes. But with that lot of all of those, there were these three enormous <laughs> elbows, and I was like, "Well, I gotta buy these because this just is too fun." So maybe one day we can combine all our giant oversized parts into a huge prototype.
0: <laughs> it's, but it, it's so frustrating sometimes looking at these auctions uh, when there's no size reference. You know, ghost no ghost size traps, reference, no dimensions yeah. in the description. Ghost nothing. traps are a great example because you and I are still on the hunt for accurate uh, front knobs for ghost traps. And mm-hmm. uh, and when you'll see a knob and you'll be like, oh man, this probably fits the ticket, and you get it, and the knob is fucking three inches in diameter. <laughs> it's bigger <laughs> than the ghost <laughs> trap itself. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to roll the dice. I think I I have like something like 15 of uh, the gold resistors from the ghost trap um, that I bought in a lot thinking I had hit cash money and they're all tiny. Like they're all super, super (laughs) fucking small. Um, Yeah. So I, and I know a lot of our, our uh, detail oriented guys, you know, the guys that are like you and I that are going out and hunting the parts and you know, our, our foes on eBay as it were, Probably also have mass collections of useless dumb shit of, you know, resistors that aren't the right size, crank knobs that aren't the right size, pointer knobs that aren't the right size. Uh, We all have it.
1: (laughs) I mean, you eventually you end up with the collection of more things that are wrong. than Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like things that are just close enough. You know, and, you know, but the thing is, is I don't ever throw any of oh, that no. stuff away. I keep it because I'm like, you know, what if I want to build some weird stunt thing someday where, you know, I need to build a prop real quick that can be tossed off a, a mountain or exactly. something for some video shoot or whatever? You know, I don't mind wasting these.
0: parts. I mean, I was trying to find a, a, a bellow, an accurate bellow, and uh I ended up with one that I was just like, oh, man, this could be it. This could be spot on. I got it. I pull it out of the thermostat and. Uh, got the housing off of it, and it was like an inch in diameter. I was like, "This isn't. <laughs> this is not correct. this This is for baby proton packs." <laughs> but I,
1: but but you I have it, it, and I kept it in case it. you ever do well, one. Now of these. I
0: can use it on my wife's eighty percent scale pack, and it will look. Yeah, amazing. there you go. Um. Yeah, but bellows is another good one. Um. It, uh, again. Yeah. Uh, GB fans, and Max Factory. This is a hard one to really say who I go with. Uh, So I have a real bellow. It's Mm -hmm. drilled out for Ghostbusters 2.
1: Which seems to be the problem with all the real ones anybody's ever found. Well,
0: there was a a mass amount that basically somebody found a a box of them, of Ghostbusters accurate bellows. And took the box, split it in half, drilled out half of them for Ghostbusters 2, and then sold them to the community. I think this was uh, 2012, maybe, that this happened. Um, okay. And I totally missed the train on that. Entirely missed the train on those bellows. Uh, but
1: As but managed
0: I. to get a Ghostbusters 2 one from that particular offering. Um cannot find Ghostbusters 1, in my assumptions, because they are all on Proton Packs right now.
1: Are they all hoarded? Yeah,
0: they're all in one dude's basement. Yeah. Um, and it's not mine, which yeah. is unfortunate. Which is fine. Um, it's not no. mine either, so... Uh, but there's two replicas out there. One offered by GBFans.com, and then Max Factory offers a replica. Um, and Max Factory is cool because he offers his... Uh, both pristine and in weathered condition. Yeah, um, and and I have copies of all of them, and i I can't really tell you who I prefer because they're so damn good. Between AJ's replica and Max replica, I go back and forth between which one I like better. Um, almost as often as I change socks. Um,
1: which tells me that the difference between the two is microscopic, it, probably. It's, it's
0: a microscopic difference. Um, I think Max Factory nailed the underside of the bellow mm-hmm. um, and nailed the, the insert on top but AJ, the GB Fans bellows, I think um, the the spacing on that top insert versus the actual brass bellow itself, I think is more accurate. But if you held them up together with a, a brand new Max Factory bellow and a brand new GB Fans bellow on a proton pack, I think you'd be hard pressed to know which one is which. I,
1: uh, yeah, I've I've never, I don't have any experience with AJ's, but I I do have an old uh, Max Factory before he got the license, mm-hmm. and uh, it was one of his uh, seconds that you know he had he used to sell them on eBay. They were like imperfections in them or whatever. And man, I I'm hard pressed to find an imperfection yeah. in it. And uh, you know it's a it's a fantastic piece. I can only assume. Uh, the ones currently offered are just as nice, if not better. And I, you know, I know that AJ's are going to be top notch, top quality. So I think you're really just kind of splitting hairs at this point in terms of. So, for me, my preference is probably who has it in stock right now. Right. Um. You know, if I need one right now, who's got one in stock?
0: So, both of them have them in stock. Um, Max Factory has his at sixty four ninety nine. So sixty five dollars, there, hardware included, and then AJ has fifty dollars. Um, it is a special order item from Ghostbuster fans, so there's a hundred day lead time on that. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe that AJ's included includes the needed hardware, so you would need to to you know buy the bolt. To, to bolt it on, neither one of them are drilled through for Ghostbusters Two. So, if that's something that you wanted to do, you would have to make those um, modifications yourself. Um, but Max Factory and do also it. offers the aged finish, yeah, which is really, really, really cool. Um,
1: yeah, I mean it, it's it's a nice option to have because you know really to get those things to look super accurate and if you're going for that aged look you have to do it with chemicals and and all that yep. fun stuff which a lot of people don't have access to or have never done before and you know it can be intimidating so to have have it already done for you is a really nice and it's option. a very
0: nice option. Um, another option uh, is to scratch build your your bellow um, with alternating washers.
1: Yeah, I mean, tri- that, that was the go to for years. Yeah, it, it was
0: the go to. I think uh, um, it was either X Ray or John Anderson name brand um, offered the mm-hmm. the machined aluminum. I can't remember who I bought it from, but my my first pack does have a solid machined aluminum, all you know, no no brass bronze you know finishes on there, um, which is cool. But man, get. You could go out and just buy some appropriately sized washers and stack them up and throw a bolt through it and call it a day. Uh, especially useful for Ghostbusters Two. Look, uh, you really can't do that with a Ghostbusters One.
1: Yeah. Well, even um, they make uh, like corrugated tubing, you know, for all sorts of different mm-hmm. purposes. But a lot of them have the same like ridged profile and the right yeah. diameter. You know, you can hack off a piece of that, paint it copper or silver or whatever look you're going for, and then just use washers on the top and bottom. And, you know, that is effectively a a bellow of itself. And I know there's a Um, and those look really nice.
0: And there's a maker out there as well that offers a resin cast uh, that's already angled up like the race dance bellow when they're walking up to the elevator. I I thought it was a fun nod. Yeah. I love that. Um, and of course, if you're getting a, you know, that that resin or or 3D printed one, it, it comes down to the the builder putting that finish on there, you know, painting it. And I have seen replica ones that are 3D printed or resin cast that are painted just so painstakingly nice.
1: Michael Brand?
0: Uh, I believe right? he did. I believe he did,
1: uh, and yeah, that thing was gorgeous. Yeah,
0: absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous painting job on that. Um, the yeah. the people who get into their proton packs with a hand brush, and paint sets, are are on a yes. phenomenal level, and I absolutely love seeing their work.
1: Yeah, that that sort of dedication is just. It's just, it makes me happy to see, you know, because it it's this kind of dedication that I have and that you have, you know, we, we get it, you know, a lot of people don't, and that's fine if that's not your thing, but like, it's the stuff we obsess over and the stuff that, that just makes us oh, giddy, yeah. you know, and I love seeing those things. It it, it always
0: makes me so happy. It, it makes me happy too. um resistors This is one of those yes, ones. Yes, that's a where personally I, I have to have real resistors on my pack.
1: Well, and the thing the thing about it is they're so readily available still, they are. you know um, Maybe not specific variations for a particular pack, but like you can always find Dale resistors in some variation or form that are close enough or whatever. And they're just they're a fun part to have a real one of.
0: I want to plug an Etsy store that I'm a huge fan of, which is
1: Oh, I'm a huge fan it's, too. It's
0: uh, GBHQ Parts Depot, right? Yes. Um I love them. Their prices are fair. They're shipping as fast, I believe they're out of New Jersey. They're always stocking parts. They have resistors, and I love that they have gotten to the point now where they're also finding uh stuff that has uh still some of that soldering flash on it you know they're they're calling them yeah. legacy pieces uh but they have a readily readily available supply of resistors um now as far as variations on that it depends on the pack uh do your yeah. do your research of course the biggest one though is going to be uh that Dale PH25 resistor um and mm-hmm. this this is that resistor where there is a wrong and a right one to use for all the packs which is yeah. the pH 25 uh, at some point was redesigned to have a small molded in disc on, on top of the resistor. Yeah. That is the wrong one to have. And it is now unfortunately the most common one to, to mm-hmm. find. Um, But is also usually the cheaper of, of the two and generally the one with that molded in, uh, circle on top for for lack of a better word. It looks like it's a uh, you know the pop metal injection point. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're the ones that have uh, nickel plated washers on them, whereas the the correct model should have the the brass uh nut on them. I'm sorry, I said washer, I meant nut. But I have seen correct models yeah. with the nickel plated washer on them as well. Um, but it.
1: I've, yeah, and I've I've even seen some that are kind of a black, like I don't know if they're powder coated or what, but it's like a black color. Right. Um, so I don't see those as much, but that's again another weird variation that's out there.
0: And uh, you know, you're looking at 20 25 bucks for for those. Um, eBay is a great source for the resistors too, though. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. for our listeners, just that they want that that place where I know I can get it. GB Props uh, Depot is or GBHQ Props Depot is, is a wonderful resource and their stuff is just very often stocked. but eBay too, there's deals to be had there. Um, You could probably find an accurate Dale pH 25 uh, with some looking for like five or 10 bucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, thankfully, you know, none of those have gotten so rare to the point where you're spending, you know, ridiculous amounts of money on a, on a, a little, yeah, greebly, but like, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep searching. You gotta dig. You gotta, you know. I, what's really frustrating about this particular resistor, the the PH twenty five, is a lot of times they don't photograph that front part, and so you have no idea yep. if, if it's got the disc on it or not. Um, so definitely, you know, if you're looking for that accurate version, you know, it doesn't hurt to message the seller and ask for an additional photo of the front. You know, um, occasionally, uh, you get lucky and you find big lots of them Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's some of the accurate ones, there's some not accurate ones, but, you know, generally you get them at a pretty good price for the lot of them. So, and, and, you know, and it's fun to, it's fun to look for
0: them. It is fun to look for them. And now I will preface, since we're talking, we're starting to talk more about resistors now. Research, if you're looking to build a particular pack, research which resistors are being used. Um, Yeah. I know that uh, Mikhail Lin put together kind of a handy guide in which was like, hey, which resistor is going to which proton pack? Um, All of them Mm -hmm. end up being kind of different, <laughs> which is really, really frustrating. Yeah, I can't
1: recall off the top of my head. I don't know if there's any two that use the exact com- the exact same combination. Not
0: that I can name off the top of my head, and I am trying to, I really should have had this pulled up. I'm trying to quick find and see if I can't find Mikhail's little guide. Uh, let's see.
1: It used to be in the albums or the files section on the workbench. That's right, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, even specifically the PH-25, there's variations in the color of the printing on the side. Some of them have white, some of them have black, and then, you t- then there's even the variations in the branding on them. Some are Dale, and some are Dalholm.
0: Yes. And even that
1: and branding varies. There are, yeah. Yeah, and there are packs that have the dalum there's some that have the dale you know but i mean that's getting into the really nitpicky stuff you know the uh obsessive stuff that we we love so much we love to dig in <laughs> we love yeah i mean what's the uh the small one with the vertical lines the, the pacific sister yeah yeah, the uh, like specifically the one on the Spangler pack is a 15 watt uh, resistor. Mm-hmm. And usually you find like 20 or 25 watt, I believe, are usually the most common yes. ones. Um, you know, a lot of people are happy just to have the right look and they don't care about the printing. But like, you know, those are the kind of things to keep an eye out for if you're trying to go for like highly accurate.
0: I'm sorry. Now I'm, now I'm, being quiet because i uh figured out well here's a uh, here's a wonderful thing by christopher tilson this is available on the workbench um under our photographs and albums is the clippard valve configuration and then yes here it is by mikhail lynn he did a photo guide as well of the yes. resistors like bless his heart um mikhail who we've had on the show before is he's he's definitely built out of the same uh horribly mentally challenged fabric (laughs) that we are uh which is uh the the bankman hero has a dale ohm rh50 which is Mm -hmm. the long um long resistor on the iron arm the stance hero has a dale m rh50 with no logo the yes. Spangler hero has a Sage M50W, and then the Zedmore hero, the Omni, has a Sage M50W. The superhero has a Dale RH50, so it's just the Dale logo, not Dale Ohm, just Dale. And then mm-hmm. the semi-hero is cast in with a resin Dale Ohm RH50, so that's the, the vankman hero.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, and yeah. It should be noted the resistors in the Venkman hero in GB2 are resin. They are resin cast. Uh, uh, Presumably, the same resistors are used in GB1, and they are the real, Mm -hmm. real items. But for at least GB2, they're resin. And another like odd variation between the Dale resistors is if you're looking at them from the side, there's these little flat spots. Um where the printing is usually that indicates, you know, what wattage mm-hmm. it is and all that. There's a long and a short version. You have one that's got a, uh, a flat spot that comes up, I think just past the halfway point of the resistor. Mm-hmm. And then you have one that continues all the way up the full mm-hmm. length of it. Um, the afterlife pack, I believe uses an RH 50 with the Dale logo that has the long flat spot on it. So basically, what's on the superhero, I believe, which makes sense because that's what they use for reference, sure. I guess. But I mean, yeah, crazy amount of weird variations that you ha- you know you can get really specific mm-hmm. with.
0: Uh, let me see, but it's fun. Yeah. So the, oh gosh, sorry, I'm looking at the Spangler. I want to see if the those are for the long ones, for the short ones. It looks like the Zedmore and the Spangler may have used.
1: Well, now, see, he's got the Spangler listed as a 25 watt, but it actually is a 15 watt. You can see the 15 oh. printing on the side. Goodness. Um, good luck trying to, you good know, luck trying to find discern it. which one's on, on the right. Zedmore. Good luck
0: finding that. <laughs> good luck to everybody out there yeah. trying to find any of this shit. Um, and then the the so the smaller resistor, um, which is generally, uh, you know, ends with the 25, that's the, the Venkman Hero, has a Pacific MW-25. The Stance Hero has a Dale, R, uh, Dale Ohm RH-25, no logo. The uh, Super Hero has a Pacific MW-25. The Spangler has a Pacific MW-25. And the Zedmore has that MW-25. Um. Yeah. So again, it, it doesn't seem like any two of the packs are are the same. And of course, the the semi heroes and Ghostbusters two follow the the Venkman heroes So they have the resin Pacific MW twenty five.
1: And to make it even more fun, the Afterlife pack, the small resistor, are presumably Dale's. And there's a version without the logo and a version with the logo. Fun. <laughs> between the two different heroes.
0: Fun. Total fun. Um, so those are resistors. Resistors, I love them. And I, I just remember starting off building proton packs where it was like having real resistors was the bee's knees. Everybody wanted real resistors.
1: Well, and it's one of those things that, you know, it's almost like that's a lot of people's first like real part of their pack. Um, and I, it, you know, because they're so readily available, they're cheap. And it was always such a fun thing to be like, oh, I've got real resistors, mm-hmm. you know, like even if your pack is made of cardboard, but you had those real resistors and you were oh, proud I, of I, them.
0: I remember the first thing I did was found the real resistors. Um, I, I believe I actually was the one that found out that not all the packs use the ohms. Um, yeah. And then I went out and bought just a fuck ton <laughs> of, of, uh... <laughs> of the, the Sage M50 resistors and sold them actually for a little while. And I only have like one or two left, unfortunately.
1: I believe I still have a couple. And and the thing is, is even from that discovery and, and even the ones you sold, we found out that they were still different from yes. those. Like they have the same resistor, but there's like a little white ceramic mm-hmm. piece where the the leads come out of and they're white on one version and they're black on yeah. another. And I want to say the ones used in the movie are black. But, I mean, regardless, they're still yeah. cool to have, you know? And if that's, that's, that's what we could find if at the time, you had. know?
0: And, that's what we had. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, what greeblies am I missing? Elbows?
1: Elbows and uh, clippered hex fittings, brass yes. fittings.
0: clippered brass fittings. Why don't you uh? Why don't you take us through brass?
1: Um, they're clipped hex fittings, and they're made of brass. No, <laughs> there's you know another. Uh, it's another one of those situations where. Uh, I don't know the model numbers off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not that, encyclopedic when it comes to the part numbers. But the, uh, the hex fittings, there's a lot of variations between those. Just like the. Uh, I shouldn't say variation inconsistency between Mm -hmm. those just like the Clippard valves themselves, because Clippard, you know, they're manufactured and sometimes they print their logo on the side. Sometimes they don't. Uh, Most of the ones on the original packs, I believe all of them are missing the logo. They don't have the logo stamped in them. Some of them have uh, a more dramatic bevel on the top than others. Mm hmm and some of them are slightly taller than others Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just that inconsistency with with manufacturing um and i believe the spangler hero also doesn't have or uses a a t-fitting versus just an elbow on the uh beamline correct yes um, which I believe is the only pack that actually has a T fitting, so it's just it's just missing the other barb on the other side. So there's a threaded hole. Well, and then hole. the
0: barbs get interesting because up until last year, everybody thought it was the one one seven five two dash one hose barbs.
1: Yeah, and they're actually smaller. They're the, they're a they are one one
0: seven five two three hose barbs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little hex, the hex part itself is a little shorter, and the barbs are a yeah. little shorter. Um, which I scored a bag of vintage ones on eBay for like five bucks oh a few yeah months ago they
0: are they are very yeah. easy to come by I mean both are equally yeah. easy to come by uh, the the hex fittings you know I've seen people 3d print uh, the the hex fittings I would say that you're probably safer spending the the 10 bucks to get real brass barbs just because there is that that tension on yeah. them. But you could get away with, you know, using just a a short metal dowel or something like that to Mm -hmm. to make your replica if that's what you you wanted to to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, we used to do uh, resin castings Mm -hmm. of them. And uh, when I made my mold, I actually took one of the hose barbs and put it in the lathe and turned down or cut off all Mm -hmm. the barbs. And just screwed that little hex piece back on, molded it that way, and then I would just drill it out and just run a piece of you know steel uh, steel rod in it, and just slip that over the tube and glue it on, you know. Because there's no point in casting the whole barb and resin; it's just going to snap. Even if even if you had reinforcement, you know, it's still going to crack, and you're going to have issues trying to get it off and get it out of the tube if it breaks.
0: Then uh, there's also the brass elbow that was in Ghostbusters 1.
1: Yeah, on the iron arm end yep. cap, which is a square fitting. I don't again, I don't recall the part number off the top of my head.
0: Uh, I am actually on GBHQ Parts Depot right now because I love them so much. <laughs> and they have the you buy in parts. No. Yes. Uh but they yeah. have the uh us see here. It's the 15002-2. L fitting is the square fitting. And for almost every single Ghostbusters one pack, all the hero packs, except for the superhero, um, that that particular fitting sits on the ion arm end cap. On the superhero, it uses the uh, 15090-1 L fitting. And that sits on the ion arm itself, which ended up Mm -hmm. being what we thought as the standard configuration for Ghostbusters 2 and Ghostbusters 2 retro configurations. It is standard on the semi-heroes, but not all the hero packs were changed. Um, I think
1: only the Venkman was, right? I think
0: only the Venkman was, and I would have to go back, and I would highly recommend checking out um, the reference library on Facebook to to confirm that, because I just don't feel like clicking that right now. (laughs) <laughs> I,
1: I I still can't. Get, I've been trying this whole podcast. I still can't get the load.
0: Oh sh- poor Sam. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I, be- I believe it's the Vanekman hero had it reconfigured to be pulled back onto the ion arm itself. But the stance, the Spangler, and presumably the Zedmore hero all have the original GB1 configuration, mm-hmm. with the original fitting. Um, and you know the thing about that we talk about. Like, the hex fittings, sometimes they have the the Clipper logo stamped in them. Sometimes they don't. I've never seen an example of a vintage, uh, the square fitting without the stamping yeah. in it. I can only presume that it exists. I assume that's probably what's on the original hero sure. packs. Uh, but we just don't really have any clear enough reference, I don't think, that shows it one way or the other. Um Though I may have to go back and look at that Spangler Hero reference now that I think about it, because I don't know if I've ever paid attention to those to look for the logo. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, again, the nice thing is these parts are still available today from Clippard. Um, you know, you can order them directly from Clippard or find a distributor locally that might have them, or, you know, they're all over. Uh, GB Fan sells them. Uh, GBHQ GBHQ Parts Depot... Many sellers on eBay sell them, Um, and it's one of those parts that's, you know, it's a real piece that's affordable, and, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about anything breaking if you use the real deal.
0: Then uh, you had mentioned the hex fittings, uh, the straights. There's also the pneumatic four millimeter straights on the EDA. Yes. Which uh,
1: are Legree brand.
0: But there's a lot of brands out there that fit the bill. Um yes. Nicoil is a, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some generic brands. There's some that are a little bit longer. There are some that are a little bit shorter. Uh, I know for the superhero, you're looking for Liguri four millimeter brass straights that uh, have a notch in, in the plug where I also have yeah. older copies of them where it's smooth all the way around, yeah. which is a little f- frustrating but uh you know so there's there's variations out there of those there's nickel plated ones or of course you know that's one of those things if if you get a resin one or a 3d print yeah you're fine you know you just you pop a hole in it yeah feed your hose through and and call it a day um they're not something that's too terribly hard to find uh even the the props depot has nicoil ones for 22.75
1: yeah, and you know those are some of the the vintage parts that s- pop up pop up semi regularly and are usually still pretty affordable. Um, if you you know, and there are variations of the vintage ones in terms of the length too. Some some are a little bit longer, some are a little shorter. Um, and I believe some of the shorter variations are used on the semi hero GB2 packs and on the GB2 trap pedals. Yes. Uh, but I believe all the hero packs have the longer, straight fittings.
0: Yeah, I believe all the hero packs have the longer straight fittings. Uh, Ghost trap pedals. Um, I would I would have to go back and look, but packs have the longer ones.
1: Yeah, and I all the GB1 pedals have that tubular. Well, there may only be one GB1 pedal that was made. I don't remember, but it has that that tubular. Or t- yeah, I, <laughs> it's totally, totally tubular. tubular, it's and it's got the, the knurling, knurling knob, knurling around the, the yeah, center, the, of
0: the, the canister one or whatever it is. Yeah, we'll have to, we're, we're definitely gonna have to talk about that when we do uh ghost trap pedals, which I feel like we probably should be doing right now since uh ghost traps are like the, the hot fire topic for, for what people are building right now. So hot right they're now, so in, they're so in, but we've <laughs> Man, we've gone... We're at two hours right now.
1: Is is this our longest episode This is our longest
0: episode. We're talking about Ghostbusters Greeblies. And we have one more Greebly to cover. And it is by far the most sought after of all the Proton Pack Greeblies out there. More sought after even than I would say is the Bella, which is going to be the Legree 4mm Pneumatic Elbows yes um so the modern equivalent the modern go-to is SMC elbows a little bit of elbow grease yes. a little bit of paint you have yourself a pretty decent damn good looking replica um there have been a- what
1: I was gonna say the and they're accurate they to are accurate to so.
0: afterlife they are uh but accurate to afterlife afterlife didn't paint them they got a different they got New new stock SMCS, but did they use the white ones or did they use the dark, thick black ones? Uh,
1: I believe they painted because you can see some of the paint Is scraped okay? off in in the the tested okay. photos.
0: I, I am not as well versed in afterlife props yet. I'm I'm still stuck in the dark ages. Sorry, guys.
1: That's um, okay. I that's still okay. love you.
0: Well, that's a lie, but. <laughs> uh, that's not I, a lie. The SMC elbows are your best bet if you're not printing your own. Yeah. Um, I have two sets of replicas that I am absolutely in love with. One was a hyper limited run by Fincher Tech, and the other one was another hyper limited run um, by Name Brand within the past year, which I yes. love that Name Brand is still around making parts. Um, yes. Even if they're not as widely offered anymore um john is just he's a great guy i talk to him often i it was funny the first time i started talking to him because i was honestly uh like nerdy starstruck like senpai has noticed me (laughs) you know the fact that i'm like sitting on some of his his replicas from like 2010 because he made uh nicoil banjo replicas that are still today the bee's knees of of night coil banjo replicas um Mm -hmm. but uh so his are 3d printed resin 3d printed with uh real vintage four millimeter brass inserts and uh the the correct what is what is the the threading size on those elbows oh i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head. Say I have to eighth. dig one out and I, look I, at it.
0: Like one eighth or something weird. Like I don't know. That's that's probably wrong. Um, but yeah.
1: we're experts, <laughs> experts, everybody.
0: Uh, we're experts until you start talking about us about math and like exact measurements. I'm like this. This is why you have that reference though, and this is why you keep yeah. going back to it and keeping notes and things like that. Because trying to recall half this shit off the top of your head. Man, who would even think of making a podcast talking about this shit? Uh,
1: Insane people.
0: But John, his are 3D printed with, um, you know, vintage inserts. And then Finchers are resin cast with vintage inserts Mm -hmm. and both of them are gorgeous. My favorite part is the fact that you can see the little Legree logo with the four millimeter on both of them are very, very clear. Both of them, the color is very, very close. The, the vintage elbows are the one part that, um, I love when people are able to find them and do a build with them. Um, it's one of those Mm -hmm. parts though, that these two replicas that I have are so nice and so well done. I'm not even chasing after the real thing anymore.
1: You know, I have, I have one set of real four millimeter, um, I have one, (laughs) no, I have, I have one gray one that is intact. And of course it's got some cracks in the side, which most of them do. I have, I have one that is, like, in seven yeah. pieces. <laughs> and then I have one that is yes. black instead of gray. Um, I would love to say that if I found more, I would want to put them on my pack. Okay, because, you know, I'm not going to use these on my pack builds. But um, if I found more, I let's say I'd buy them and put them on my pack. But I don't know that I would. It's the one vintage part that I'm okay with having, like, one example of. Yeah. But they're so fragile they and brittle at this point that I would be terrified that, you know, finding three intact ones is, is no easy task. And then putting them on the pack and then, get, you know, accidentally knocking into something and then they just yeah. shatter.
0: I mean, just just I, s- I would be perfectly just fine sitting there not doing anything. Yeah. They crack.
1: They're yeah. degrading. Yeah, uh, the,
0: the plastic is um, not so high quality it, on those.
1: Yeah, it's like I said it's the one that I would be perfectly happy with a like when I eventually do my two you know full hero builds with vintage parts it's I'm I'm using replica elbows. I just don't trust yeah. them. Uh the real thing on there.
0: And SMCs are nice enough that you can put paint on there and do that brass paint on the insert and they look just fine. You know, um,
1: yeah, I mean, and I've even seen people pull the insert out and just stick a piece of brass tubing in there. And that was yes. great.
0: Yes, I've seen that as well. Um, of course, Ghostbusters 2 have Generation 2 Legree elbows in there, which are a little more sturdy. And I should say the semi-hero yes. packs, some of the semi-hero packs have Generation 2 Legree elbows. Some of them actually have a mixture of the both.
1: Well, there's, there's also that weird... See, as far as like the generations go, I always get them mixed up because we refer to Generation 1 as what's on the hero yes. packs, right? Then we refer to Generation 2 as the they're the same elbow, they're a little bit lighter gray, and they have kind of this bevel on the elbow section where that's not present well, on the other ones. Those are the flat. ones
0: that are then marked as five thirty seconds.
1: Yeah, um, I, I see people refer to those as Generation 2, and that always confused me because what I know is Generation 2 are the lighter color gray, but where the elbow is, it's reinforcement. got this like, 90 degree yep. reinforcement, um, this little fin that comes so up. So the
0: 532, off. The, lighter, the lighter ones with that bevel variation, I don't refer to those as Gen 2s. I, I refer to the yep. one that you're talking about as a Gen 2, which has that right angle reinforcement on the elbow itself. Mm-hmm. I I call those Gen 2s.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the that's what I've always now, known them as, and that's what I've always referred now the
0: to the 532nd as. ones. Those used to be pretty fucking common. Um, you know, yeah. especially in the late 90s, going into the early 2000s, that used to be a lot of people's kind of go tos before. SMC, I think, even mm-hmm. started making their current models. um mm-hmm. I can't.
1: Yeah, but even those yeah, have, those dried, have up. dried
0: up, and I can't think. I don't believe any of the packs, hero or semi-hero, ever used those five thirty-second elbows.
1: I think there's one GB2 stunt pack that's got okay. one on it, but that's the only example now, I've seen. A, I mean, you know, or a stunt a pack, so.
0: Okay. okay, the, the foam, foam stunt. stunt yeah, see, I, I'm not even familiar enough with that to to know about that. So when I talk about the the Gen 2s, I'm talking about that right angle reinforcement, like that little fin. Yeah. Um, Which, again, uh-huh. is not on any of the heroes. Yeah,
1: it's only on a couple of the uh, semi-heroes. Um, and I think it's a cool variation. Like, I like the... I think it, it looks is. neat, you know? And I like that there's that distinct difference between GB one elbows and a, and you have a GB two variation. Of, I do uh, too. Mike. and whenever I, whenever I get around to doing a semi hero build in the next 50 to 60 years, I'm going to put some of those. Well, on. I'm,
0: I'm kind of <laughs> hopeful. I, you know, I can't say anything for sure, um, but I'm hoping maybe max factory will offer up some semi hero shells.
1: I'd be down for I that. I mean, be cool.
0: they're, they're, Offering so many things, cast from from the superhero, um, I I I'm hoping that there is. If anybody could do a semi-hero shell pool, it, it would be you know Aaron Mack, um,
1: yeah. And I hope that if they do it, that uh, a super or excuse me, a semi-hero wand is not far behind.
0: Except for me, where I have a, a Nicotron semi-hero wand from his his second last run, that just. Well,
1: aren't you special?
0: I mean, special Ed <laughs> But yeah. no, I I, it, I didn't it, I didn't get one, it's such so I need a specific one. pack though. Like if you don't have the right pack, I don't yeah. I don't want to build a hero pack and throw a semi hero wand on there.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're are. So ugly they are they anyway. are. They're
0: fucking hideous. <laughs> they're uglier than how they're... ugly the actual hero packs are, and the hero packs are pretty goddamn ugly yeah um anyway
1: yeah i i i would love if they offer uh a semi-hero shell at some point um that would make me a very very happy cowboy
0: i i think there is room for even maybe a smaller run you know every once in a while mac will will put out small runs of things he recently uh put out a limited 20 20 unit run of goggle dry rubs uh which i jumped on um, especially as it looks like it has enough mm-hmm. dry rubs on there for three sets of ecto goggles, which I'm <laughs> like, yeah, perfect. Yes. You know, let's, let's do that. Um, yeah. Maybe that would be something if he's listening, uh, you know, he does, uh, uh, I think um, Rhett Martin is kind of his, his right-hand guy, his guy who's doing a lot of his uh, footwork, casting, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that would be, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, even if it were a limited run, you know, I, I'm sure the demand for a semi-hero shell is much less. Much than a hero less, shell, but I know so. the
0: demand is there, and the demand for a high yeah. quality semi-hero shell is there. Um, I know you want one. I want one. I have a few friends that I know that want one, and uh, I know there's a lot of people on the workbench um, that would that would jump at an opportunity for that, um, especially if it was something yeah. that they ended up offering wands as well which i i definitely know is yeah within their their realm of capabilities um for sure well listen so we're at we're at two hours and 18 minutes longest show yet i think
1: about the most trivial pieces well we we
0: we talked a lot before we got into grieblies themselves we talked for about an hour before we got into grieblies so yeah uh we're just excited we're stoked you know podcast is going well getting a lot of really good feedback from people and we hope you know if if you're out there you're listening you're enjoying it leave us a good review um facebook.com again uh you can listen to us on our rss feed or on spotify um we try to release every Friday on YouTube when Austin can. I know he's having some technical difficulties getting up there, but yeah. the show is available. It's it's out there, and uh, we are now yeah. currently for the first time ahead of the game. So let's yeah. keep it up, baby. Hopefully, we can stop having <laughs> one or two week delays in between episodes where we're just like we're busy. <laughs> Leave us alone. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, this was our, our episode on Proton Pack Greeblies. Um, next episode is going to be Proton Pack Wands. So you'll you'll notice that we didn't talk about the Greeblies that would be on the wand. Um, we're going to talk about that next time. We're going to talk about some of the sellers, yes. that what's available out there. Um, you know, a lot of people, of course, know what's available. But if you don't, this is a great place to start. Kind of our, our little um, Proton Pack Building 101. Uh, Austin, any final thoughts before we go? Nothing. Nope.
1: All right, I'm perfect. good.
0: Nothing. Well, again, guys, uh, definitely solic- soliciting our viewer base for some positive reviews on Facebook. Again, you can uh, join the conversation at Spengler's 1984 workbench. We are on our RSS feed, Spotify, Apple Podcasts every Tuesday, every Friday on YouTube. Um This is Dan Harshman and Austin Young for the Black Firehouse podcast, asking you to go out and build something. As a duly designated representative of the city, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Everything
1: was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here.
0: Two in the box, ready to go. We would be fast and they be slow. Ray has gone bye-bye. Like what have you done? Like this?
1: For whatever reasons,
2: Ray, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason.
1: I believe that we were destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? to go into business for ourselves.
2: Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. We're ready to believe you.